This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey everyone, and welcome to this week's On The Spot. I'm Zach Strickland here with a guest. Michael hey. Vincent, uh, joining me this week as JP uh, has a few weeks to take care of some uh, family issues. But, you know, we're still here to talk about the freight market and what we're seeing inside of it right now. And we just had Thanksgiving, Mike Vincent. We did. We absolutely just had did. Thanksgiving. I recall. Traditionally, <laughs> a time where we see capacity come offline. The market goes into, you know, it starts its peak season volatility uh, cycle. We've already been in peak season since September, though. And we have. We well, we've, been, we've been in peak season since <laughs> yeah. like July. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> so we had our outbound tender rejection index jump up to about 28% just over. We had an all time high value. Yeah, right. Um, but that's only up from like 26%. <laughs> Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a steep climb to get to 28, right? right, right. Uh, which is which is shocking. Who'd have thought that a year ago? Or, yeah, what or, I mean, what what are we supposed to do with this? So we have a market that's already tight. It got a little bit tighter. Mm-hmm. Do you notice this type of you know incremental increase in capacity fluctuation, or what are you what are you supposed to do with this? <laughs> you know, it, it, it's it's interesting, right? Because you know you talk about how you know you have your weighted inje- uh, indexes that, yep. that you look at, and those those are I think very very informative, right? Mm-hmm. But when you you look at different things, you think, well, there's not much change here. There's not much change from 28 percent rejection. Um, and, and so things are, are really high. You think, well, yeah, rates have kind of stabilized and rejections are stabilized, so all is good. Well, no, not, almost one in three loads are being rejected. All is not good. No. <laughs> it's just not changing from really difficult. <laughs> it's, it's a little bit worse yeah. for, for, for shippers out there, and, of yeah. course, carriers are uh, taking on some of their rates. Now, you know, it's not always great to have this kind of tightness for a carrier, though. No, uh, it's not. You know, we, we worked in the industry for a long time. <laughs> and yes, we did. It's not always great because you're talking about capacity situations where uh, you have to pick and choose who you're covering. <laughs> and and, and that- that's a difficult thing. So you're managing relationships, right? And there's always that, that danger of who you're taking care of and who else is going to take care of them, right? Right. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, we've been in the business. And, yeah. you know, it, the business that, that we were in, our niche business, I mean, people would drop you in the grease for... Yeah, it was, it was just like a churn, a churn yeah, and it burn. Yeah, it was a total churn. It was, <laughs> yeah. a, it was a total churn. Even with excellent service and, and, and that type of stuff, it was very difficult. And so it, it, right now, excellent service is picking up three out of four loads. Yeah. <laughs> you're 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 beating the system if you're getting uh, yeah if you're picking <laughs> if you're up three out of four lows you're right so who do you who do you who do you go to the good the good thing is is you're not is well I don't know if it's good or bad right because you're chasing the money right <laughs> yeah and that's and I think that's the balance that a lot of people need to take into account here right but it, it, it is and it, and it's interesting because you know we used to go through bid season and we'd argue like crazy right and I was and the pricing guy you were the sales guy I, I was but I'd also be arguing with myself because 
30 years in operations, and then all of a sudden I was VP of right. sales, uh, and a lot of things that were coming out of my mouth, I was like, you need to go to confession or go take a shower because, you know, that just felt that's right. wrong. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I knew exactly what you were doing. I was on your side, but not at the exact same time. You had revenue goals to hit. You had to exactly. make. Exactly. We had to fill up trucks going to certain lanes, yes. uh, et cetera. Very, exactly. But my, my point is this. So it always comes down to what happens in the fourth quarter. Or it seems like, you know, the fourth quarter dictates what contracted rates are going to happen next year. Yep. Does this change things? Have, have shippers learned that they can't just try and get like the cheapest rates and, and have, their, have their routing guides not just get destroyed? Yeah, I think that's, you know, we were a bottom feeder on our purchase transportation <laughs> side. We yeah, totally we were. got, we were the first ones off. Yeah. First ones out, and we were okay with that, except for when we uh, completely bailed on our service commitments to our customers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and exactly. you know, it's, it's an interesting balance, and I've had this question asked several times. Like, uh -huh. how much, you know, if you're a broker and you went into 2008 or 2019, you, you're thinking, okay, I need to build up some contracted uh, freight volumes. Right. You know, you diverted a lot of freight to the spot in 2018. Now 2019 comes along, super stable environment for most of the year. We averaged about a 6% tender rejection rate versus the 17 or 18% one the year before. Which was complete chaos. Which was haywire. Which was haywire. And now we're back there again. Well, <laughs> plus 10. Yeah, plus 10. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I guess the best question to ask is how much, you know, where is that middle ground? Where is that that area that you're okay saying, I'm going to have this much contracted freight volume, and then I'm going to divert this much to spot next year. <laughs> I mean, it causes you to rethink things. I don't know where that, I think it's different for everybody, right? For sure. Um, but I, I, I don't know. Do you look at it more uh, cyclical? Do, do you now have these, like an annual bid where uh, specific quarters or seasons, or you start looking more at the seasonality and adjust rates with a contract? Yeah or build in some type of flexibility that is, that is there. You see brokers now going, uh, doing that type of stuff. Yeah. Right? Uh, you know, like uh, Convoy's got their guaranteed premium or right. whatever it is where it's, you, you've got a margin and full transparency and you can, you, can uh, you know, go in and then evaluate how, how, how well they did for you. Sure. Right. And you can, you know, opt out at the end of each quarter, each month or something like that. I forget what it is, but there's more people doing that. I believe Molo's doing the same, a, a similar thing. And I think he was really, uh, Silver was the first one to come out and, and really start talking about that type of thing. Right. Uh, I don't know that he influenced the rest of the market, but the first one that I knew of uh, starting to have this more flexible, transparent type of guaranteed, we're going to take X percentage off of what the market and letting the contract rates with his customers ride the market, but them knowing that they're only going to get charged X amount over and not have that fear of getting dumped into grease by their, by their right. contracted carriers <laughs> and paying, you know, $4 a mile. Sure. Right? <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's an interesting, uh, you know, balancing act. And of course, this year, you can't really apply this year to next year either. We can't, I mean, do you, do you assume that we're going to see a similar pattern next year? Oh, yeah, year? absolutely. And, it's going to stay the same. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and I think that's, you know, having yeah. been a financial analyst making budgets year over year, this year's budget, I mean, you just got, if, I just got burnt <laughs> last year, like yeah. completely. Like, oh, I, yeah, absolutely. No, budgets were completely off the table. You're making a budget this year. What do you do? I mean, we were sitting in those budget meetings arguing over rate increases and volumes and how much sales uh, you were going to make year over year. And that was in a stable 
market. You know, we had pretty consistent growth year over year during that period of time, but this is not that at all, right? <laughs> no, it's not. Our, 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 the niche business we were in was, was you're right, it, yeah. was, it was fairly stable unless you had like the housing bubble and stuff like that, right? right? Which you could kind of see coming. Mm -hmm. I mean, it shocked a lot of people. And, well, I mean, hell, Christmas shocks people every year in this industry, yeah. right? Winter came. <laughs> Winter this year again? Get out of town. But, yeah, I, I don't. I, um, yeah, let me ask you this question yeah. from the perspective of a broker. Okay. Okay, you're a broker. You just saw your whole, you know, your carrier base is a mess. Um, you don't know who's going to give you what. You've put out a bunch of bids right now. Volumes are obviously elevated year over year. How much of that is it going to sustain? How much of that are you going to be able to grow off of? Um, you know, how much of this business are you going to be able to capture? How much of that contracted stuff are you going to be able to rely on into 2021? Well, uh, not much at all if I'm doing the same things. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I forget who said it, but, the, you know, uh, uh, I mean, post-COVID is not going to be pre-COVID. Right. And we're not in post-COVID by any means no. yet. Right. Hopefully we will be soon, but we're not. Mm -hmm. But it, it is those you've got to see w as, a, as a broker. Mm -hmm. And you see a lot of people trying to uh, doing this, like mm -hmm. uh, the MOLOs and the, and the convoys, et cetera. And there's others arrive, et cetera, that are, that are changing up their game plan based on what happened over the last year. And I think that, that those type of things are, are really the key to at least getting some type of uh, sustained growth consistently, <laughs> consistently uh, uh, that you can control, right? Mm -hmm. So it's my relationship with you, the shipper, or or Anthony, the carrier, whoever it happens to be, that I can I can hopefully control with these added values and these new ways of thinking about contracted rates, et cetera, right. and visibility and transparency and that type of stuff. Now, I can't control whether COVID comes or goes, or there's a new one, or right. or trade wars. I can't control that stuff. I can only plan and try and budget on based on what I know now and what experts are predicting and, right. <laughs> and what my own internal experts are predicting other than that and they're and that's really difficult because there's yeah. been a huge disconnection between the macroeconomic environment you know when you're looking at unemployment numbers being you know what they were in the depression but yet the freight economy is completely off the rails yeah so nobody's <laughs> working yet people are spending money like crazy exactly <laughs> okay yeah, and then we have <laughs> other stimulus packages on the table, the political environment, obviously, all these questions still in the air. The industrial economy still sluggish to recover. So there's that, to me, that looks more like a potential energy, you know, available to come online as consumer spending habits change next year, you know, as the COVID pandemic subsides. Yeah, and how much of that changes? Yeah. Right? If, if you. you if the economy, if, if the industrials and so on start to, to spike, people start going back to work, yeah. the, the, does that reverse all the e-spending, e-commerce, and reverse the freight trends? And do we go back to a 2019 type of situation? <laughs> well, all the or, models. Or, you know what I'm yeah. saying? And, and when people, you know, there, I, I saw a thing where someone was, was talking about how, um, you know, uh, the vaccines and so on and so forth would put uh, and people going back to work and going back to a normal life. It's like could be a positive thing for uh, oh it was talking to um, Andrew Cox about this could be a a, a boon for uh, maritime right and I was like isn't that counterintuitive because that's, ex that's what's the, happening now the exact the exact opposite <laughs> was the boom so how yeah. can the exact opposite of the uh, how, <laughs> how does that work and, and you know his point was you, know, you, you get you got the fuel and you've got these other industries that are going to grow up too that could support that as well but 
I guess if you keep the e-commerce and people start traveling and going out more, now you've got something crazy. Yeah. That's right? truly a crazy environment. That's one of the things that we talked about earlier in the year. Like we thought, okay, industrial economy slowly starting to recover. A lot of that's dependent on energy and oil, which oil is not doing much yeah. <laughs> uh, at the no. moment. But eventually, once people start getting out of their houses again, uh, diesel is a huge consumer <laughs> of oil, yeah. uh, crude oil derivative, yeah. um, you know, which has obviously propped up that market to an extent. Uh, but if that were to come back online with any you know, significance, obviously business investment has been very subdued uh, here over the last yeah. year. Does that come back next year? Do we have this kind of imbalance? I don't think, personally, I don't think that we're going to see this huge surge like we saw this year. I think obviously we'll see some reduction in that consumer spending behavior as the pandemic subsides. I know several people have talked about how they're going to start traveling again. They're just dying to get out of the house. So that money's going to go back into airlines. The, yeah, those, those industries are going to have a yeah. huge spike. Because, <laughs> I mean, you know, people yeah. are just itching to travel and, and get back face to face. But I do think that we're going to retain a lot of what we've seen on e-commerce. Like, I think people are now more accustomed well, to seeing from, from, yeah, from Yeah, I agree. And the, the amount of money available or, you know, discretionary income or whatever you want to call it, that it, that it will be available or that you'll budget in your, in your family for those extra things that you've been buying, that will kind of decrease. But a lot of those things that you bought and from uh, brick and mortar yeah. and so on, they, they won't go back to brick and mortar. No. There's no need to. No, and a lot of them. And my wife is not going to go grocery shopping ever again. <laughs> I can guarantee you that. Oh, and my, you know, my parents have now become accustomed to more online activity. So now they've, instead exactly. of having to, you know, learn of all this new stuff, now they've been forced to learn it, and now it's part of the way that they live. Yeah, yeah, because then they're like, wait a minute, this is great. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you mean I don't have to go do this hassle? So, well, yeah, I think that, uh, yeah, and, yeah. And Black Friday this year showed that there is still plenty of room there, 44% growth. Yeah. <laughs> and e-commerce spending uh, this week. So that means, you know, we did see our tender rejection rates come down, capacity come back online, demand mm -hmm. is, mm -hmm. there, there's still plenty of gas left in this tank, don't you think? Oh, yeah, mm -hmm. it would appear to be. And I, I think I would go against many, many experts if I said no. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, my own opinion is that yes, and, and it's even stronger because it's validated by just about everybody I talk to. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're still, we're going to see this little mini reduction in, uh, you know, probably pressure to rates here in the after Thanksgiving, but we still have plenty of volume on coming in on the ocean. You know, the ports are still clogged. There's still all sorts of bottlenecks in supply chains across mm. the globe. Yeah. Lots of freight still ready to move. Do you think the service impacts this volume though? You think that maybe like some of this freight isn't as important as other freight might be? I, I think, yeah, it's not. It, 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 it is. <laughs> so we the only see. reason there's some importance there is because you got to get it here for Christmas. Otherwise, you know. Exactly. Well, you Timmy know. Lou, who's waking up without a. Yeah, exactly. So it's, you know, I think we're, we're almost at capacity there. Well, thank you so much uh, for filling in for JP this week. Yeah, right on, brother. Anytime. And thank you so much for watching. Make sure to download that FreightWaves TV app to get all of your up-to-date freight market and transportation news. Have a great week.